Hey, welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. Here we're going to talk about all things OCD. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, and if you'd like to work together, come check out my monthly membership called Mastering OCD and join a group of other people like yourself. You can go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. And see you in there. Hi, Winsor, and welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank I'm you for good. having me. Yes, absolutely. So I actually have been following you online, and I love what you're doing right now, especially with your new product with uh, Team Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody listening, if you don't know what that is, you will have to check this out. Um, you have cool, cool products coming out. Um, and also you are somebody who has OCD and you have a family and kids. And so I thought, oh my God, this would be such a perfect woman to talk to, um, about, you know, like somebody who's dealing with it on a day to day. Like, what is that like? Um, you know, I've been telling folks that this year I made a decision to kind of come out of the OCD closet myself. And so, um, as talking more about it, I think it's, it's just helpful for people to hear more and more. Uh, folks talking about it and and really yeah. normalizing it, right? And understanding it's really not um, it's not about just washing hands. It's not about symmetry. Like there's so much more um, that goes into this. Um, so um, one of the first questions I have for you is: as someone with OCD, um, you know, something I hear often people say something like, you know, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do treatment, or I'm not ready to tackle this. Um, you know, I'm kind of wondering if you have some way maybe like that you can kind of demystify that process or talk about like ERP and kind of how it works and, you know, what could be those initial jitters, but then like what, what maybe you found that some of those, those issues are that when you start to do it, you realize, oh yeah, this is actually, this is how it actually works versus what people might be thinking. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, I, um, when I started ERP and my treatment for OCD, I had never heard of ERP, right? I wasn't online looking up exposure and response prevention. I didn't even know what it was. So when I signed on to start this process, I didn't have that level of fear that I think most people have because this was in 2016, right? We weren't in the land of Instagram advocacy and all these like mental health podcasts. It just wasn't around that much unless you really were in know about that. And I wasn't, I didn't even know I had OCD at all. Um, so when I found my OCD specialist, all she told me was, are you willing to like work hard on your recovery? And of course I have two children. Um, and I've always been somebody who, isn't too afraid of a challenge. Right. So of course I said, yes, absolutely. I'll do anything because I'm suffering right now. I'm struggling. This is my last chance basically. And she said, okay, so I'm going to give you some homework and you call me when you're done with that homework. And it was like her trial for me to see if I was ready to kind of take this into my own hands. And I think she assigned some light reading or something. And um, luckily for me, OCD hadn't really affected my reading. I, cause I think that can sometimes happen, right? People for whatever reason have issues with reading. I didn't. So I was able to read the material 
and get back to her. And then she said, okay, I'll, I'll start seeing you right away. Um, and when I learned what ERP was, that basically I had to do all the things that felt really, really wrong to do, right? Like talk about what I was feeling, say these horrible things out loud, which I thought they, they don't even have a right to be in my mind, let alone, I do not need to speak them into existence. There was that whole level of belief that the more I paid attention to it, it would somehow come true, right? We know, you and I know that's not the case, um, but it really feels like that with OCD. So I think for people right now who may be feeling like they're not ready, stop even reading about ERP, right? Just, I mean, as much as information can help you, like the more you read about it, the more fearful you're going to become. It's almost like if you're reading about an obsession, because basically with the ERP, it says, face your fears, expose yourself to your triggers. Of course, that's going to be really, really scary, right? But when you go into it, and you learn from a therapist exactly why these things happen, what happens with your brain patterns and what happens with your responses as you are intentionally exposing to fear and intentionally cutting out those compulsive behaviors, it starts to make a lot more sense. Because really this is science. It's scientifically backed as an effective treatment for OCD. It's not just like well, you know, you'll just get used to it. Right, um, right. Yeah, it's not a hypothetical theory, right? Yeah, like <laughs> it will, you will habituate, right? Um, and I think if you look at it from a scientific research-based perspective and you really learn, like you do the psychoeducation, you learn about OCDN in the brain, then I think um, looking at ERP as an effective treatment modality is a lot less scary, yeah, I think that's actually a really good point um, because I've had definitely folks kind of either come because exactly they read too much and then the brain will start to fill in the gaps with all sorts of catastrophes or uh, maybe some folks actually had treatment and maybe had some sort of a negative experience or something wasn't broken down enough or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're exactly right. Like that, that's a really great point to come at it, that to understand and remember that it is a scientifically backed um, treatment modality that it does work. Um, but, but the reality is you have to apply the, 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 the tools you have to actually put yeah. in the work. So like what you said in the very beginning, right? Like, are you willing to put in some hard work for your recovery? Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, right? That it's like, you're not, you can't, you can't be forcing it because ultimately you have to make that hard choice to face those yeah. things difficult words that you might have to speak into existence mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or interact with the situation or the item or the thing that you're like, Oh, I want to stay away yeah. from that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that makes a really good point. Um, can I ask you another kind of question with that? So like when you had, let's say like you were doing something that was really challenging in terms of exposure work that maybe slightly would like kind of, turn you off a little bit or, or maybe just had a harder time with it kind of, how did you find your way back or how did you find your way in terms of staying with it or, or kind of continuing and, and continue moving through it? Um, let's see. I'm just trying to think back onto when I may have felt discouraged. Um, I think it was when my therapist wanted me to drive on the freeway. Um, And that's a huge thing for me because one of our first sessions, 
we like talked about all the things that really, really made me nervous. And driving on the freeway was one of them, but I didn't really associate it with OCD. I just associated it um, with those things that I just didn't have to do in my life, right? There was no, there's no reason why I would have to become comfortable with driving on the freeway. My husband drives and I actually hate road trips. Like if I had my way, I wouldn't have to drive far to go anywhere. I just don't like it. That's what I was telling myself and what I told my therapist. And she said, yeah, well, you know what? Who knows? We'll probably even get you driving on the freeway soon. And I was like, whoa, you're fucking crazy. I will never do that. And she was like, okay, we'll see. And I just (laughs) didn't see how that was going to be relevant in my life at all, especially because my main fear was going crazy and stabbing one or two members of my family. It was like, I only knew of OCD in the context of intrusive um, violent thoughts because that was what I went in for. Um, But then as I started working through my hierarchy, like that wasn't a thing for me. I had habituated to those intrusive thoughts of a violent nature, right? I had learned how to deal with wondering if I was going crazy or not. And I kind of knew what to do as far as like my health OCD was concerned, right? Whenever I would get an obsession about like, oh, what's this sensation? Like I would stop the rumination, but there was still a little bit of, or a lot of anxiety in my life um, with making decisions or just like anything, right? You know how like OCD can like maneuver its way into many different types of situations. So even though I knew that I wasn't a danger and I knew that I wasn't gonna like act on my thoughts, I didn't think of myself as being in recovery. And my therapist said, well, I think once you start driving on the freeway, you'll feel a difference. And I was like, why? (laughs) Why though? Because I really don't want to do that. Like there's very little space between me and those thoughts of you will die on the freeway if you attempt to drive, right? I just really felt like so many excuses about why this was not OCD. I said, well, I grew up in a small town. We didn't have freeways. I don't need to drive on the freeway. My whole family doesn't drive on the freeway. It's not a thing that I have to do. And she was like, well, it sounds like maybe you've inherited some views about the freeway. And I was like, why won't she drop the freeway? I hate the freeway. This is so dumb. Sounds like you had a good therapist. (laughs) And so I'm like, fine. Fine. I mean, you know more than me. I'll just try. Man, the level of resistance that I felt like I was trying to cancel appointments. She said, well, since you're not going to do it by yourself, I'll do it with you. We'll do your appointments. We'll do session in your car. You pick me up from my office. We go on the freeway together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <that's crying. laughs> right? Take out. <laughs> yeah, no like, I didn't want to do this at all and this is when I was really questioning her like why does she have to push me to be a freeway driver right I think my OCD is fine this I can't see the relevancy this is too much I decided I was just gonna trust her and just try it and she because she brought up a really um important point or which I really you know kind of agreed with she was like at some point you're just gonna have to take the risk and and do something even if you really feel like 
Like you can't, you know, you're just going to have to trust me or you're not going to trust me. But if you want to go to the next level of your recovery, this is what I suggest as your therapist. My therapist also has OCD, but she's like basically done with it. Right. Cause she pushes yeah. herself to the limits. She's like Shala nicely junior. <laughs> so I go in the car with her and I'm crying and crying and crying. I'm like, I don't want to do this. She's talking to me. And I was like, Duh! I like lashed out of her in the car I'm like I can't believe you're making me do this and we're going on the honor I'm like oh I can't do it I can't do it like hating her and then before you know it I'm on the freeway I'm driving on the freeway I feel really anxious I'm like freaking out but I'm driving on the freeway and nothing's happening and so it was like kind of proof that I can do the things I can, I can do it. Even if I feel this immense amount of resistance and this incredible anxiety, I didn't vomit. Like I thought I would, I didn't pass out. I didn't drive off the road. And besides like being, it, I didn't really even see it as a reassurance. Right. Cause each time I'm like, well, maybe that time I didn't die, but what about the next time? Right. That was still yeah. there. But then I really believed her when she said that all this, OCD stuff. It's just a resistance to feelings. Like nothing is actually happening except for me feeling a lot of this one emotion. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, cool. Like she knows what she's talking about. This is the work that I have to do. And so I was using the freeway and driving on the freeway, like with her and with my husband and just doing that as practice and as proof that even on my worst day, you know, because I yeah. still do get triggered with existential thoughts, you know, like harm thoughts, things like that. Um, even on my worst triggered day, if I can drive on the freeway, like feeling like that, then I can, I can handle it. Like it was proof that I'm like way stronger than what my OCD says. And um, that was like my moment. Yeah, and that's just a beautiful, beautiful recount of exactly, I, I think that's exactly right. That's what happens is you get so scared and you get so, I think there's so many excuses you could come up with to rationalize things away just because you're scared and that makes sense, right? But when you have somebody you have enough trust with and then you do the hard thing, um, that, that's the beauty that you get because there's no way to know that stuff unless you literally have the experience of it, right? It's very different to understand something logically than to really viscerally live it, experience mm -hmm. it, breathe it, feel it, know it completely through every cell of your body. And, and I love the takeaway, like you said, it wasn't even reassurance. It was more that learning that, oh, Oh, I can do this. Like this is as hard as this is, but look at that. I did it and I can do it and let me do it again. And the more you do it, of course, it gets easier. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful recap. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I still like don't do it all the time. It's still one of my super high tier ones, but like it's the moment that I always go back to like with ERP and trusting it is you really just got to take the jump and do the thing that you really think that you can't do. And you'll see that just because the feeling is there, it's not going to change your ability to be able to. to yeah, it, you know? exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure like with the freeway, you guys might've broken it down initially in some way to kind of get yourself to it. But then at the end of the result, it's, it's you got to then do the actual 
event. <laughs> um, yeah. And, it, and exactly. I mean, you're totally right. It doesn't mean that the trigger's gone, but you know, you can get through it. You know how to do it. You know how to work, work and, and do the steps to that. And then if you have other things come up, like you were saying, right. Or, or other topics or themes, you can remember that one kind of as a reminder and motivator to, to get you going again. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's really well said. Um, and so the second question that I have is, you know, oftentimes I might have folks kind of, I think, wondering about like, if you have OCD, like outside of ERP world, you know, how do you balance your life, right? Like if you look at, you know, from the holistic standpoint, right? Because yeah. it's not always all about OCD. It's like, okay, yeah, I have OCD, but you know, I also have a life and like I have kids, I have a husband or I have a job, I have family, mm-hmm. like you know, so I just wanted to ask you from your perspective and your lived experience, how do you balance your life? How do you, how do you kind of work with things and with yourself with OCD included in the mix? So I, I always go back to what my priorities are and what's the most important thing, like for me to, for example, like I really value being a present mom. I value spending time with my children And I value like creativity and things like that. Let's just throw stuff in there. Um, But I do have OCD. So sometimes I know that I have to make time to work on that, but like doing my OCD therapy isn't always at the top of my list. So I think of like, what is going to help me be the best mom that I can be and do all these things and still manage my mental health. And that includes for me, like maybe if I'm triggered, I still do my top priority, which is my kids want to go to the playground. I take them to the playground. Even if I'm anxious, I do that. If I'm feeling really sad or triggered because of my OCD and I kind of want to hide and stay in bed. If, you know, it's, I think back to my number one priority, which is to take care of my kids. So I get up and I engage with them. I do a fun fun breakfast or whatever they want to do. And I acknowledge that, yes, I have this OCD, but arguing with it is not my priority right now. Um, Another thing that really helps me is to take some time for myself, which I think is really, really important um, because I did notice that as much as doing what you need to do is great, right? When you have a mental health condition, but when you have something like OCD, when you spend a lot of time doing what you have to do, it can turn into avoidance. And then that makes things worse, right? I don't always want to avoid the OCD. So I do a silent meditation. And when I do a silent meditation, it really makes things clear for me because, you know, when you close your eyes and you're quiet and you're still, and you have OCD, it's a time when things just rush in. Intrusive thoughts, maybe things that weren't bothering me, things that maybe were triggering me on a deeper level, but that I wasn't giving time to, will come to the surface. And maybe during that meditation, it's not exactly gratifying. I don't feel calm, but I'm giving myself time to just be with what's been going on in my mind, right? So it gives 20 minutes to let all those feelings come out. And sometimes I do feel really anxious, but at the end of the day, living with OCD is about making space for the feelings that come up. So if I'm too busy during the day, I use those meditations 
as time to really be and allow whatever I'm actually feeling to come up. And that's been really, really helpful for me because it's a bit of a mixture of meditation and exposure therapy. I think if I didn't have OCD, it wouldn't really be an exposure, but since I do, and I know that being quiet will let things bubble to the top. Um, I just make room for it to be an exposure if it has to for that day. Um, and that's really all I used to exercise a lot, but I haven't been doing that. Um, just because I don't have any time by myself since it's like pandemic time. But besides the meditation and just living by my values, I try to also just limit the self-judgment. So if, and I'm fine, I find that to be really helpful, like having compassion for myself when maybe I'm not that because I think people sometimes get curious how do you do that because it's a great concept but how do you do it like like I I imagine um like for example to be honest with me sometimes when when that critic comes up I can see it and I'm like oh Christina like and I I love humor so sometimes I'll give myself a kick in the butt and kind of be like hey Mm -hmm. knock it out girl what are you doing that's like we don't need to do that we don't need to do that right now what like what is this about and kind of talking back to quiet that voice Um, but what do you do? How do you handle it? I don't know. It's one of those things where I think everyone has to find their own way. Right. So it depends on how you show compassion to the people in your life. So for me, I don't know. I like the things that maybe I judge myself the most for are avoidance. Like I still like, I know that I could be driving on the freeway more. I just know I could because my kids love in and out There's an in and out just 15 minutes away on the freeway and from San Francisco to Daly City. I could be doing that every day if I really wanted to, right? I could be like this rock star. I'm doing this. I'm kicking OCD's ass like all the way. And I don't do it. Um, but instead of, and for a while I was like, oh, I can't believe I, I really should be doing more ERP work. I really should be, I'm not doing a good job. And then I, I always have to remind myself, you know, like not everyone's perfect. I don't have to be the perfect person in recovery of OCD. Like I'm allowed to have places where I fall short in and that's okay. As long as I'm not hurting myself or hurting anyone. And that's how I should show compassion to myself. You know, I just like put perspective into it. Whereas like maybe I want to do everything perfect because perfectionism ties in hugely with OCD for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't expect my children to be perfect. So I really use my relationship with my children and how I see them and how I show compassion to them as a model for how to show compassion to myself. Beautiful. I love all of that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, and I appreciate your time. I, I mean, being a mom of two, I'm sure you're busy. <laughs> and especially with the pandemic, everything's at home. So um, I want to thank you for your time. But before we end, um, how can people find you if they would like to look for you and the team maybe? Yeah. So if you're not following me already on Instagram, you can follow me. It's at Windsor.Flynn on Instagram. Um, I do run a Facebook support group for parents with OCD. 
that is called the OCD Parents Project. It's a private group, so you're going to have to request a membership. But if you have OCD, then you'll be allowed in. Um, that one's great because there's about 400 members and people are newly diagnosed, recovering, or even people who already have OCD who are thinking about becoming new, new parents. So there's a place for everyone. Um, and then... If you want to shop my team, maybe, which is just a sweatshirt and a t-shirt um, with a little bit of OCD advocacy tied into it, you can go to my website. It's www.windsorflynn.com and you can find all my resources and videos right there. Perfect. And of course, I'll include all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Windsor, for your time. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to OCD Whisper Podcast. If you want ongoing support with live weekly Q&A calls to address your questions about OCD and get topic trainings, please join my membership, Mastering OCD. Go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. <laughs>